1: The shark babe has such teeth, there and it shows them
0: pearly white. Just a jack knife has old Maggie heap and it keeps it uh, out of sight. You know when so
1: welcome everybody to this latest episode of Macklin's Take. Apologies that we've been away for a couple of weeks. We came back with Joe Gallagher and Spencer Oliver and then we've been engaged in all sorts of things, really, the last couple of weeks. So we are going to keep this as close to once a week as, as we can as we can get it. But there might be the odd week where where there isn't one. But it's definitely going to keep going, Macklin's tape. We really enjoy it. Uh, and today we've got a man who, unbeknownst to him, we've actually been, been chasing around for a bit because we see him at Wayne's all the time. And we just haven't quite got around to doing this. He's somebody that Macklin goes way back with, way, way back, isn't it? I think he, wasn't he in the opposite corner for your first amateur fight? He was in the opposite corner to my first ever amateur fight. It was the
0: Grand Hotel, St. Patrick's Day in 1994. I think it was Martin Bird was the kid. But I boxed loads of kids then, It that era lad. A kid called Nathan Barsey boxed him three times. John, John Rovers... Jonathan, Johnny Rue was a Buckster yeah. twice, Ickman. I think. did you fight? Hickman, um, I don't have a Buckster Hickman. You uh, should have done, but yeah, might was not. F- There's a good few anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Wensbury, at that time, had the most carded boxers in the UK, didn't they? Yeah, had, in the
2: Midlands. Yeah, we had good 40 or 50. Uh, strong squad. And Small Heath, who was you with Small, small eight. Heath. Yeah. And
1: they had probably one of the
2: strongest in Birmingham, didn't they? So.
1: So the guest is Errol Johnson, who's got fighters here, there and everywhere all the time at, at, at plenty of different levels. It's the Friday just after the weigh-in before Adam Azim against Santos Reyes. So his fighter this week is English middleweight champion Tyler Denny, who defends. He's a great story, actually, who defends for the second time against Brad Paul. Should be should be a very, very good fight, that. So just to take us back to the beginning, How did it? how did you get into... How did you get into boxing? You've been in it a long time now. How did it all? How did it all begin?
2: Uh, started when I was ten. I uh, played football really. I was more of a footballer, and my dad took me to Wensbury, and I sparred within the first half an hour of my first session, <laughs> and uh, started boxing. I had about fifty-seven fights, one hundred and forty. Didn't really take it that serious. I was playing football at a decent level. Um, then I had a nose operation, and the they asked me to help train him while I was resting for six months and I had a schoolboy champion who was probably about three years younger than me at the time um, in my first two months so I just never looked back after that and I'd, I did all my amateur courses I had to lie about my date of birth and <laughs> done them all.
0: we <laughs> old man was involved with Winsbury as well was he,
2: was he even there? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah he, he took me down and there was a matchmaker there at the time but he um, within about six months he he took over with the matching yeah. never done boxing in his life but yeah. took to it took to it like now tomorrow and could remember every boxer in the country
0: I think <laughs> every, every show I ever went to watched everybody's go, and I used to go to all the shows with Pat Benson you know no matter where even if I was a boxing I'd, you know if anyone was boxing small, I'd always go with him like I was even helping you know handing up when I was probably 12 or 13 sometimes but every show we went to was always someone that Errol had on the show, I remember, um, the Gethins and Shaz and yeah. all them. You know, and be yeah, like, yeah. Oh, for me. Then I'd be with all these lads coming through the championships, yeah, and yeah, that's so yeah, yeah. them really well. But like, that, I remember thinking, went like, how many fights did Gethin had? He must have had like
2: Ma- Martin or somebody talking to Martin. Yeah, yeah that well over hundred. Mutley had well over hundred, and the the records weren't. <laughs> Because my dad would box him every week, <laughs> like you did. Probably fifty, just over fifty fifty records, but didn't really make a difference once they went pro.
1: So, did you imagine that you would go into pro boxing as no, a, as a trainer? I, or, or was me, it, Did you think amateurs? No, I'd, I'd never got no real goals for it other than winning titles
2: as amateurs. Like they asked me to help out with do the further courses and go with England, but I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I like going out with mates and. Uh, training the boxers that's what I did and played football still until I was about 35 um, and then a couple of years we did just officialdom just started to get on top and we had one year where just officials made some odd decisions shall I put it and I just went to my dad because I'd been asked to go about two years before with Mark Richards you remember Mark Richards yeah, Adrian yeah. Aldi and I, I just said I weren't quite ready then and then I had this group come through. Uh, there was Jimmy Beach, um, Stephen Chinick, uh Young Muttley, Jimmy Gould. Um, I'm going to miss somebody. The Nightingales. Uh, they they before. They was just before. Yeah. I had Marcus Portman uh, and the Gethins, and I just decided that they all wanted to go, so I just took a plunge. Um, worked alongside Dave Bradley, who got his promoter's license, and I. The last two or three years in the amateurs, my dad weren't very well, so I sort of started doing all the matching as well as the training. I just got into it like that, and I'd got the same sort of memory as my dad. And so when I went professional, even though they got the licences, I was sort of matching. There was somebody who was doing the matching, but I sort of Yeah, helped, helped everything out, and that's how I started to learn all the sides of management promoting training but me, I still prefer the like the training of everything but it's just when you're doing the lot it's just it's hard to get everything <laughs> it,
1: it, it, it is a it's a fairly familiar story for people we've spoken to on the podcast in that you just seem like it seems like people just get sucked into it bit by bit by bit by bit you know just really just gets into your bones. And before you know it, you're you're doing everything, like you said, and and that kind of memory side of it. John Peggs talked about the same kind of thing that you know if you've got the brain for it and you can remember stuff about opponents, particularly because a lot of this is, is not necessarily pre-internet, but it's pre any of this stuff really being accessible on the internet. It is down to what you to what you know. Yeah. So yeah, you do yeah. need to be a particular type of person, I think. As well, it is a bit like you know if you're training fighters. You know,
0: yeah, you'd love to be able to rely on someone to take care of the management. You'd love to be able to rely on someone that does uh, the matchmaking. But when you're a bit uh, not skeptical, suspicious, or just you just want to make sure it's done properly, so then before you know it, you're doing it anyway, and you yeah. think, "Well, I might as well do it." <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like that, isn't it? A bit, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And you, I just get into it with them, and like, even from the amateurs, like, like we box all the time, but. So I just copied my dad. Really, it was just progression. It wasn't. We had. We didn't look. Yeah, they've got to win this. We have got to win this fight. Like, there's a lot about now. They've got to win every fight, otherwise, it's the end of the world. It's about progression and being ready for the championships. So if they lost a couple, it wasn't. It wasn't the end of it. And it's shown sometimes in the professionals, it can be the same. I think it's just TV that want unbeaten records and and things like such as Toilers. Toiler story he, he drew with two journeymen early doors but now he's now he's but he was working full-time but nearly all ours work full-time and we've we've had many a channel like Martin Gething was still working as he was British champion he was still working as a, a builder <laughs> like do you know what I mean and you wouldn't see some of these doing being able to do that.
0: I speak uh, quite regularly well semi-regularly on uh, Twitter DMs with a guy called Steve Kim, he, he he works in the American media. He's got his own podcast and everything. We what we're saying, you know, he said fighters nowadays they're overtrained and underfought the because well, they're boxing so irregularly. They need these ten and twelve week camps because it was so long since the last box. So they probably need six weeks to get them to the six week stage. You know, where they're at the base, takes them six weeks of. Getting a base fitness and getting the weight down so that they're fit enough to start training the six weeks, which is you know sparring whatever. But it's like you know, and it's like that p- trying to being obsessed with protecting undefeated records. And all the camps I never, yeah. I never heard of What's camps camp? until,
2: yeah. <laughs> especially for four three six threes, like just be ready all the just time. Be ready. And like I get it once you've reached title level, you've yeah. got to be able to rest the body and 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 bring yourself, you know, have the dates because you're at that level but like when you're starting you just want need to box yeah. and, and progress your career and like they should be on it all the time they have a camp and then one, four weeks off partying and it's crazy but it's the mentality of it
0: and when you think about it when you're a boxing amateur and like say so you're, you're boxing all the time like I remember boxing on a Thursday night and then boxing on a Monday and it's like you didn't you didn't think about being fit, you just were fit. You know what I mean? You weren't thinking yeah. about your yeah. fitness, you're just, you're you're just fit, you just you just fit. Yeah, you know. And it's like how, how else how better to, to be fit than to fight? Yeah. You know, and it's, I know you can't do that all through as you get older and, and, and become senior, and then especially when you turn professional. But you know, Pudding McGur was world champion. I think he had seven or eight fights in one in, in a year when he was world champion. They weren't yeah. all title fights. Never. But he'd take a non fight for less money. But he stayed sharp and busy, and he was still earning. He stayed in the gym, and then it's like you're you, you fit, aren't you? You know, You you, you, you peak, and you, you'll have a week off, come yeah, off the yeah, peak yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit, and then maybe he's back in. But you can't. This is like having like two months off, doing nothing, like, and then you get bored. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting to no up to no good because yeah. that's what happens.
1: <laughs> Did with <be> me anyway? <laughs> no, you, no, you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's a podcast that we haven't really quite got round yeah. to yet. Kind of like Macklin's nights. Yeah. I've been encouraging it for ages, but it's just not. He's not. He's not. He's not really Most having The boxers, No, yeah, no comments. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Nassim, for example. I think he boxed six times the, the year after he became a a world champion, and then five, maybe, or then four, and then five, and and then the activity kind of tailed off as he maybe lost his, 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 his hunger a little bit but just to kind of go back to the, to the amateur side of it I'm really interested in this because last year I did I did some coaching down at the nursery at my local club at Newham um, to my shame I'm not doing it this season because I just don't have the, the time for it I'm, I'm in awe of people who do that four or five nights a week and I know they've got families as well I just don't know I just don't know how you do it how, how you put that commitment in it's, it's absolutely amazing but when how how Soon can you tell, do you reckon, when someone walks through the doors for the first time, not how far they're going to go in the sport, because it's about getting people in the gym and, and off the streets more than just as much as it is about producing any kind of a champion. But if someone's got something, how how long does it take to kind of show itself to you? Some you can tell
2: naturally, but you never know that they're going to make it, because they've got to go through, especially in amateurs, they've got to go through... Many hurdles, women, drink, mates, they've got to go through a lot. Especially if, if you, you'll find, like, I had a kid who won uh, about six national titles, you would have said he's going to be really good, he gets 16, and he just plateaued. He, he found women, he found, and he just plateaued and started. And then, like, the Martin Gethin, who doesn't look like he's slowly comes through, sticks at it, and then comes through. Muttley had always got. Natural talent, but I was lucky if I got him in the gym once a week um, so until he went professional then he and he took he still took him till he lost his third fight on on a sky show uh, he was half training that it suddenly clicked i 've got you 've got some, but you need to train with it and, and it's the, the, for me the professionals but like the amateurs as well, but you can get away with certain things in the amateurs just because it 's so fast and Three three rounds, but in the professionals, you've got to be you've got to be super fit, otherwise you'll get found out. That's it's just a given, isn't it? Yeah, but you wouldn't. To some, though, they still <laughs> they still think they can get away with it as they go in as they're going through. Because some it comes easy to some, they think they can get away with things. I've noticed that on some boxers, they're doing well, so they start to do less, and then you get somebody like Toiler keeps working harder and harder. And he was below them and he comes through even at an age where he is now.
0: the I think one of the most under uh valued ingredients is consistency, perseverance in, yeah. in, in achieving. Yeah. in anything. Yeah. You know, sticking with it, sticking with it, going, you know, you have your losses, you have your setbacks, but to kinda of keep going without losing that enthusiasm. You, you will get there, yeah, you, yeah. you see that, like you say, some of the ones who maybe seem the most gifted, um, they get lazy, or, or maybe they can't handle a loss. So they can't, you know, their ego, their pride can't, let yeah, them, yeah, can't yeah. deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but definitely. the ones who can, and put and, go and back and work harder and knuckle down and, and, and use it to improve themselves. They're the ones that you know quite often are the ones who actually super overtake the ones who had more ability.
2: Yeah, and like because we've just set up. Uh, our old gym moved out to somewhere new so we've just set up in in our gym a new amateur club about a year and a half ago and i think we're up to about 50 boxes again now (laughs) and so and you can see a little bit you can see little bits even though i don't actually train them i might do an odd session here and there um you can see you can see talent and it's just how they progress when they go through and how they how, how, how much they want it really you know what I mean? There's a lot, there's a lot of, lot of stuff out there nowadays. Even more than back when you was boxing. Yeah, and boxing's tough, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you can go on a computer all, you can mess about or go on a computer all day or train. It doesn't, doesn't, boxing doesn't alter much. I know they try to bring new methods and different, still doesn't alter much. You can't reinvent <laughs> the wheel, can you? <laughs> no. So and they, a lot of them don't like it.
1: You know, it's
2: too tough for them.
1: How would you kind of rate the popularity of it these days in terms of how many people are... It's really interesting that you say you've just opened that amateur section. Are you getting a lot of people coming through the doors? Is it, oh, is it in a good yeah, place to sport? Yeah, because Spencer Oliver was saying to us the last spot we did that as far as he can tell, there's never been more people coming to gyms now than, than he's known in his time. And you're about the same age we all are. Um, I mean, that sounds great to me. But boxing kind of it is still it just still feels quite underground a lot of the time, doesn't it? Because clubs don't really
2: always have yeah. That because there's some people that perceive it as there shouldn't really be a boxing. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's always going to be difficult to sell to certain people. Uh, But numbers at the moment, and like you're getting the other combat sports, manoeuvre like kickboxing. There's a lot I've never seen so many manoeuvring from kickboxing, even young youngsters who start doing that and they're moving to boxing, because they can see there's more opportunities in the boxing side than than the kickboxing.
0: That's how it looks to me. I don't really know about kickboxing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is a funny one, because they always, you know, everyone says, oh, boxing's dying, boxing's dying. But they've been saying that ever since I've been involved in <laughs> boxing. But there's, I don't know, how many, how many times has uh, Wembley Stadium been sold out? White and Fury, Joshua, yeah. Povetkin, you know, or the ones to Cardiff, you know, the, the, the massive crowds like Canelo, Canelo in uh, Dallas banging out the Cowboys Stadium. Not, don't look that unhealthy. No. I know you don't get that every week, but you don't get, you know, you don't get Champions League final every week either.
1: No, that, that's, ex- that's exactly right. And, and, and you, you run some, you know, you've got a thriving small hall scene that, that you do with black country boxing. We'll, we'll get onto that in a, in a little bit. I mean, in terms of Birmingham... I always kind of feel like Birmingham's maybe a bit of an untapped resource in, in terms of the recognition it gets nationally because I go, I've been there quite a lot and, and I know a lot of people, through you mainly, on the Birmingham boxing scene and it seems to me like it's, you know, it's healthy and, and you could argue that in, in recent times, you can make a strong case that Frankie Gavin, when he was at his peak, is maybe the best amateur fighter we've ever had. And he's from Birmingham. I mean, when he was winning all of his stuff, did that? Did you notice a kind of increase in the uptake of boxing within the city at, at that point?
2: I don't know. You're talking to me, on like, oh, black
0: country. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you know Bert was a funny one? But so, I
0: mean, we, we, we spoke before about Gary Newbund, didn't we? We said like you know, when, when, and Paddy Lynch and that. When, so when, when Frank Warren come on the scene, I think it was like 1981 or around that time. I think the first British title fight he did was uh, a guy called Steve Early against Clinton McKenzie and also, and I think the, the first big world title one he did was Pat Kowdall and Azuma Nelson or Colin Jones and Don Corey, but they were, the, the NEC was the big venue back then and Gary Newborn with ITV was a big part of all that happening and the Lynches had a great stable at that time. They had like yeah. five or six British champions, Tony Willis, um, who else they have? They had um, Custer's Petrou. Um, Lloyd Christie, they, 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 they had about five or six British champions, European champions as well, and they were kind of co. They did a few co-promotions with Frank Warren at that time because he had the television deal. Uh, obviously, you only had the, the few channels then as well. Terrestrial too, he didn't have any of these bigger channels. But like that was Birmingham at that time. You know, Be- Eubank and Ben. The first fight was at the NEC. That was Birmingham that had a lot of, got a lot of the big shows around that time, didn't they?
2: Yeah, because it was. Would- it was a used venue at the time. It's new new venue, and there
0: was there was using it quite a lot for a lot
2: of the big fights, weren't they? Um, for some reason, they've sort of manoeuvred away from, and I, they sort of always always get told that they can't quite sell it out when they go to the the old NIa, which is a good venue, a good position uh, for the middle of Birmingham, and, and that's what we sort of get told every time. That so I don't know. it just need somebody.
0: Even at thirty
1: thousand feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW Void are prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. So when did you decide to take the plunge and become a a promoter, as well as as well as a trainer? I sort
2: of did it right from the start, but I just just not in name because you had to wait three years for your licences. So, but as soon as me three years up, I I got me. I got me trainers, then my managers, and then got me promoters, and went straight into it really, and then I've been mad ever since. I'm <laughs> doing 20, 30 shows a season, <laughs> so which is, which was is fine, but it's it's getting a lot harder now. But I've got about 50 lads on my books. So you've got to try and keep them all up and keep I, them busy. I
0: was going to say, you, you, where you are now, it was probably not where you thought you'd be. You didn't intend to, but it just happened because if you yeah, get so yeah, many lads, just, yeah. and then you're trying to keep them busy, you think, well, fuck you, we'll, we'll do our own show. And then before you know it, like you say, you're training, you're managing, you're promoting, and it's, it's just unbelievable. You know, there's not enough hours in the day. No, no. Uh, but like
2: it's my main goal is just to get them as far as they can and earn them as much money as they can on, on bigger platforms it's not it's not about making money in the on them shows it's keeping things moving I can tell you, I can tell you we, we lose a lot of the times but uh, it's about progression for them really and trying to, and if they work hard enough they'll get there and they prove once they get up to there they can perform with them if they're working hard. Yeah.
0: But it's keeping things moving. It's like so you, you Lou Di Bella who who runs his uh Broadway boxing shows, this I go back a few years when I was with him and he was still uh was getting dates off HBO for Sergio Martinez or me against Golovkin or whatever who you know, he'd get he'd get his dates if he got the right fight. Yeah, yeah. But Lou also had his uh series Broadway boxing, which I think was on MSG network television. Now I'm not a, absolutely 100%. But it was something like, I think Lou was paying 10 or 15 grand to MSG. He was paying the, 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 for the yeah. airtime, but because then he owned the airtime and he could sell sort of adverts for sponsorship and different things like that. But Lou, Lou, Lou was happy if he broke even on a show. You know what I mean? Like, but, but then the way he would have looked at it, say he'd done 10 shows a year and he lost $10,000 on a show, so he was 100 grand down. But then you know, if Sergio Martinez fights on HBO and gets one and a half million... And he's getting 20% of that. you know, they're, they're, Do you know what I mean? And, and he gets a few of those. Then he's yeah, making yeah. money. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and actually the fact that he's running shows and staying in it. You, you know what I mean? He's, he's dealing with fighters. He's signing fighters. He's building them up to 12-0, and 15-0. He gets him in on an HBO slot. So even though he's losing money here, he's making it. It, it, in, in another, you know, position, in another yeah. position and but that the only reason he's in a position to make the money is because he's doing he's staying busy with the, the shows where he's losing money so reason, even though it's, it, it, it might seem like madness why would you keep running shows yeah, yeah, to yeah. lose yeah. money and he's like well I'm losing here but because of this I'm making over here yeah
1: well, one thing that was really noticeable during during COVID was how many fighters you had on, on lockdown shows for, for Sky and and I think I think also for for Queensbury, but it just seemed to me like you were one of the main providers of of boxes.
2: To be fair, it kicked. It, I was probably on a plateau at that time, and it sort of kicked off. For it's kicked off for us since then, really, and I'm only gone one way other than a couple of results. If you looked, if you look into my results, well, Lennox um, Clark got a
0: good win. He a British but, champion, didn't well, they? What sort,
2: what sort of happened? I got a good stable. Was we sort of on that mid-level, where none of them was with promoters, but all in close positions. And I just went to them for them three months when it was closed. I just said, "Keep training. We train. <laughs> we trained in." I said, "Keep training. Keep on your weight." I says, "Because they'll want fighters." I said, "But we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to go in fights." And to be fair, I, we did. The very first fight was Beach on. On Frank Warren's show, beating you'd uh, a few in
0: the fight camp at Eddie's. Yeah,
2: and then I had, a, I had about three or four uh, in fight camp, and then we just kept on we just kept on taking fights. Lennox, Lennox won um, while he was there. Zach had a, a good win while he was in there. Liam Davis won the English. Kane um, Baker had about two or three. Um, I think Adam Harper boxed. Well born boxed uh, Beach. Rachel Ballbeat, beat C- Shannon Courtney, um, and then I started to get a relationship, and then with with the promoters, and then I've signed a, f- a few with Frank uh, since then, uh, such as Nathan, was about eight, eight or nine, which has started to go quite well.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's just, it was it was it was really noticeable because I'd be researching cards and I'd just think, wow, there's another Black Country, another BCB boxer, and they they were everywhere, and by the sound of it. Yeah, I mean, the w- the way you managed to profit from that situation was because you stayed ready, you got everybody to stay ready, and they were all prepared to go into proper fights. And if you've got fighters like that, then the pandemic wasn't good for anybody. But those are the kinds of conditions that you want, don't you? Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. across the sport. And we would want that all the time, but no, people were it, saying it would it would kind of persist after COVID, no easy fights, and it hasn't, has it? Uh,
2: really, it it's across the s- there's a lot of people involved in this sport, isn't there? so at different levels, and it just it just manoeuvres back to the one good fight, and the rest sort of are hand-picked. Um as best you can, you try. But obviously, they've got man- they've got trainers, they've got managers, they've got people, lots of other people involved, and they're all looking after their own people, and they're just they're not gonna they're not gonna let that happen all the time, are they? So. It's just but it it was good I, I we really enjoyed it over that period, and we've sort of kept on that
0: progression at the at the same time really being being so involved in the amateurs would have would have given you a good uh i don 't know i't know what the word is um, i suppose insight to a lot of the fights coming through in the professionals because I know you went into the professionals, but you still probably kept your foot in the door a little bit with the amateurs, and then it 's like uh, maybe not on an official capacity, but like I don't know Zach Parker. You know, he, he's a yeah, brother. Yeah. Remember Lee Parker? Yeah, yeah. Or he, Parker well, he, he, went go, he went to he went
2: to a professional with me, but there was and just. He did. A, yeah, did was, he, yeah. He just there was a medical issue, so he he didn't get his license. Like that. So. So he was a good. You know, he, he was a good really lad. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, I got, I got Zach because Dwayne boxed for me, and he won sixteen out of seventeen. And Zach used to come down about fifteen or sixteen, sparring some of ours, and. And Is that so he the, just
0: explained the other brother, yeah. I didn't the, know him,
2: he's the one in between. Um, and there's another one who I don't know if he's ever boxed, but he, he, he didn't box professionally or nothing. Um, and look, like Zach just continued through there. And Zach started on small all, he boxed at Canock. Canock, was, was, he you, Canock was he with you from the start, Zach? Know, yeah, Canock, yeah, Canock Leisure Centre was his debut. He boxed at Adam Harper's Bill Chukesbury, uh, just he weren't a massive ticket seller so we just had to manoeuvre manoeuvre about until we met Neil Marsh and he he, he helped out and, and done a great job with him managing uh, and we worked together and it worked well and then we his displays got him on the bigger platform and just unfortunately hopefully he'll get get rid of these injuries and be back. Yeah. It's a hard
0: slug though to small all isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very much so, gives you that, eh? especially when you get pullouts last minute, and uh, it's hard. Or, all, all your biggest tickets seller pulled out with about three days to go.
1: <laughs>
2: it's uh, yeah, well, we we've heard, some ups and downs.
1: No, I bet we've heard some, some war stories from, from yeah from from Peg, from John Peg, Stuffy Ball, Kyle Greaves. You're all, you know, you're all you're all doing the same the same thing, aren't you? I guess there's one one fight I really remember. That you put on, Wellborn Langford, <laughs> British title fight, middleweight, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was a brilliant fight. It was a brilliant yeah, fight, uh, and you can watch it online. There I is think it there was is up footage for of it. The year, wasn't yeah. it? I, I think mean, it won fight of he, the year. Did he get it? it? No, yeah, it probably did. How do you, how did you do that? Because you know there was no, you know, did, I'm
2: just uh, Jason Wellborn. who got a couple of sponsors, and. They asked me to find out what, because I think at just at that time, he, he luckily Tommy got the to, the title, and he hadn't got a mandatory on him, and his contract with the promoter had just sort of leveled out, and he, he just become available at just that right time. They, they asked me to go and see Tom Chaney and Tommy, and see if I, if I could get it done, and they they'd support Jason so we sort of we, we come to an agreement and then I went on to manage Tommy after that <laughs> as well so and, it, and then the rematch the rematch landed on Sky didn't so it yeah, yeah we dropped lucky that they wanted the rematch after it was such a good fight and yeah, it was, and then and then we should have fought Efron and then I got offered uh, the world title fight Then I on the on the Fury Walderbilt <laughs> <laughs> For the unification.
1: <laughs> so what was... That, that? He had a mad ride, Jason Wellborn, didn't he? Because yeah. I remember we did his fight against Marcus Morrison and you could see why T Morrison and, and Joe Gallagher and, and Matt Treemar chose chosen Jason because... He was with Matt yeah. then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> shame was screaming. From that oh, that's right, you yeah. weren't commentating, yeah. were you? You were, no, you were, you yeah. were watching, but he... I did, I, it was one of my fights, so I remember looking at it, and he dropped down to, I think he dropped, he'd gone down to welterweight or something insane, and he'd tried to stay on the weight for two or three weeks, he told me. He'd ended up losing to Willie Warburton, who was always one of my favourite away corner guys. And then, you know, he, he went up to middleweight. I remember talking to him during the week, and he said all the right things about, ah, oh, you know, I feel stronger now, I'm better than ever. And I thought, well, we'll see. You know, I hear that a lot from yeah. people, particularly when they move up in weight as they get older. But it all kind of started from there, and then when he signed to fight Jarrett Hurd, I remember just looking at it, just thinking, "Wow!"
2: I mean, how was how was that whole experience? Oh, it was great. It went for ten days. It was, it's amazing experience, really, especially for him and and the team, really, because we never. I've been to a couple of things. It doesn't really boxing boxing for me. I'm not that type of so. But for the old
0: team and everything,
2: it was great, great experience and
0: he made the best of it really do you know what but, I mean but, it, but it what I always think with Val from that time with Marcus Mar- isn't it amazing isn't it amazing what a bit of belief can do yeah, yeah definitely. do you know what I mean because that was the that was the main thing I thought that changed him he, he believed he, he had enough weeks training whatever yeah. and like you say I remember with me and Shane went did the see him before he was fighting Marcus Morrison and I remember saying to him I says, Listen, these think you're an easy touch yeah. that's why the picture yeah, but if you jump out there." Fucking stick it on him and keep it on him and just, you know, th- and that's all he needed yeah, was the motivation. Yeah. And, we, and we were like, any time we land a show that's it, you're on okay? him, yeah. and you're just keeping him in the fight, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, and and he, you could see then he he, he realised he, he broke the other kids heart Broke the other kids heart That's it. Because
2: he weren't expecting it. He was expecting just to win, and that's nobody tells them exactly that somebody's going to be to back. That's right.
1: <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything better than a way an away win? because people no, say like, that, the white like, wins are just, just as, the best such as Lennox Clark
2: like he coming into my gym he had six white collar, collar yeah. fights probably from the pub and uh, I just built built him up slowly and gradually and like they give us absolutely no chance to be fair we get given no chance on a lot of our fights <laughs> 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 um, and like Liam Davis when he fought Leach I don't think anybody in the room thought we was going to win and except we did mm. and like and we took took Lennox and I think Willie was beat on the on the scales. Like he just he just mentally didn't he wasn't there for me but um and he's just come from nowhere really. He's like a bit amazing really, like he'd never never boxed damage, never never really boxed, been taught. And he a few years later he was British champion. I don't think he knows what he's done really <laughs>
1: Yeah, that, that fight with Hutchinson was a real interesting one because, as you say, just two complete polar opposites. Someone who had just got no amateur background up against someone who'd won the World Youth Amateur Gold, but hadn't boxed as a senior. And that kind of always sets alarm bells ringing with me a bit. And, I mean, Adam Azim's the same. He, he didn't do any boxing as a as a senior. So there's still a lot to sort of find I don't, out. I don't he, think
0: Nas did either, did he?
1: No, no, hardly no. at all, hardly no, no. at all. No, I mean, no, some people but he was a, he was a one-off at them yeah. years.
2: Most yeah. like it's it's happening a lot now, where all these kids are going at eighteen, nineteen, and they they shouted out he's multi, this multi that, and they definitely have. But until you've boxed senior, I don't see like Kalazaki won three, three IBAs back to back at three different weights, like it didn't stop him. Then going on to be world champion, I think there's a bit too much made now Going over, cause just a different, different game at the different sport now. A little bit uh, television runs it a little bit too to, in that format because they can see, they can see a lots to be made made there now where it probably wasn't there quite as much a few years years back. Like so, you went through the. The yeah the quick to
0: I think nowadays they're, they're a lot quicker to say you you're, you're the next yeah. big thing where you had to earn that a little bit years ago didn't you you know because people fight more regularly
2: yeah and you've yeah. got to be in a fight like, you've got to be in the middle and fights you've got to be an English fights and you knew that was gr- <laughs> when you get the, most of them are gruelers unless you're an exceptional talent most of them are gruelers for, for, for everybody <laughs> as you know yeah, yeah you know what i mean british the there are hard fights, you know what I mean? Whereas if you go through the international route, you can slightly Hand pick, the pick your the r- route, way.
1: you know what I mean? I mean, Hutchison was a big favourite in that fight, from from what I remember, <laughs> in, in the build-up to the fight. I mean, when that happens, are you kind of... I guess you're probably pleased about that, are you? You know, because the attention's not on your guy, but you know what he can do. I,
2: I prefer it all the time, <laughs> if I'm <laughs> if I'm honest. Like, us. There's always, there's always pressure when you're favourite. Do you know what I mean? It's that's and yeah, it's how boxers cope with all the different pressures. And when you just go in as the away fighter and nobody gives you a chance, there's no limelight on you, so you can just really go in and do what you want. And you know, the one who's is the own fighter have got to deal with the pressures because usually they haven't lost a fight. And, and you, you find a lot of them when they do get beat. It, that's when their career decides where it goes really. Some plateau and finish or never really get to that level again or they come again and you'll see a, see an improvement.
1: It could be it, it, it can be the
0: making or the breaking of someone can't it yeah, that yeah. first
1: loss Yeah. Well Tyler Denny who, who we mentioned earlier on who, who fights um tomorrow night it'll have happened by the time people listen to this to uh, against against Brad Pauls he's yeah he, he's another good example isn't he because I, lo- I was looking at his record a while ago and I saw those two draws uh, and they would have felt like defeats because you're the home fighter and whenever I see the home fighter get a draw against an away corner fighter I think to myself that he probably lost because that's you know that that that's often that's often the way and I asked him today I saw him at the way and there was a few little details I wanted to fill in and I just said did you ever think about packing it in At that point, and he said no. But I did think about it after the first fight against River Wilson Bent. I mean, he's a really good example of someone who's had to to get over that line, and and he's not, you know, he's, he's got greater ambitions now. But to get over that line to win the English, you know, he really did have to have to stick at it because he's been not always, but mostly in those big fights in the away corner. Even last time when he was a champion, he was still in the away corner, really, wasn't he? against yeah, Brad Ray
2: he's, he's been all the way through really like I never used to manage Tyler so it was one of my journeymen who, who drew with him in the early days and also I did the Midland title fight with him and Tommy Stokes and I was I, he was the away fighter Tommy Stokes was my fighter and he beat Tommy and that I got it totally wrong that day um, and and then when he come to us that was through like Covid when he first come to us because the gym sort of closed and the trainers had a couple of problems so he just come over and um, and ever since he's do, he, he, he try, he's dedicated he trains really hard uh, he's never argued who, he's, who I've come up with it for him to box and everyone he's, since so he's he's boxed everybody away all been unbeaten and he's, and he's beat every one of them and hopefully he'll continue it tomorrow and then we'll hopefully get a little bit of better things for him
0: how many how many uh, shows would you say you're doing on average a year now yourself that you're putting on yourself
2: 20 at least I've got five now till the end of March yeah. and uh, they, are they all round the no, black country area no no the ones in Northampton I'll get a, I'll do some down tour I've got one there in May because I manage a few down there. Uh, I'll go to any area if I've got boxes there, and if they can, I've done them at Tewkesbury. Uh is that the way to Cheltenham. Yeah, that's where Adam Adam Harper's oh, from. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and if they if they can sell and they they can do do tickets, I'll, I'll I'll have a go anywhere. Like to just move them forward and and try and progress them. So, but. Probably do too many at the moment. I Probably should do bigger shows, but obviously, because they're all spanned all over the place. Yeah. It, they want to box in their own areas and different things like that. So, uh, but I do Wolverhampton, Birmingham, Dudley, Warsaw, Canock, Stoke. I used to did all the ones for Nathan Ennis, Stoke, up until he signed for Frank. Like we sold, he sold. I think he sold nearly 1,200 tickets at the King's Hall. And he could have sold, he could have sold more that day as, as well. And when he did his IBO Continental, it just went. And Nathan boxed on my first show at Bilston, because <laughs> we lost Walsall Town over a little bit. We ended up in this little banqueting seat in Bil- Bilston, and he made his debut and he sold fifty, about sixty tickets. <laughs> and it just went, up. it just grew each time, and then it's just gone. That, that, he, he sells them off. The- but like that's crazy. the bread and
0: butter promoting, isn't it? Building a fighter up to ten or no, 15 or whatever, doing it locally, getting around the po- That's the graft, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 a, but it's it's hard work for the
2: for us and the boxer. But like the boxer's got just the same. He's got to get out there, sell the tickets, and no doubt. there's a lot of them uh, get told, especially the first fight. Everybody comes to see. And then, and then the next fight, they're down by half, and, <laughs> and they don't want to tell you. They, they, they try and hide it and say, they've sold this and that, and then last minute they go, oh, I've had a few pullets, <laughs> and just the, the usual stuff, but it's sometimes it's not their fault, it's just people have come to watch them once, and it's just... novelty yeah, it a little yeah, bit. They've, they've seen it, and, but boxing's not for them, um, and then... And it's it's hard because it works against the grain, really, because you want them to get out there selling tickets. You can only really do that if you get amongst your friends and get out where the, the partying scene is a little bit. And so whereas the ones who live like an hermit, they can't sell a ticket. <laughs> and it, it just depend depends on certain things. Like you can get uh, somebody who's hardly ever boxed, but he can sell 300 tickets. It's, yeah. it's crazy sometimes.
0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Yeah, it is. And obviously one of the massive appeals of Hatton was that he was out in Manchester and that, that kind of, that drew people, that drew people to him. Heaney's amazing though, because I've covered him a few times and that, and I've seen some ring walks, but his is is right up there. And I think it was that Kings Hall ring walk that hit Twitter, that went viral, that really brought him to the attention of Frank, I'd imagine.
2: Well, because about everybody, th- everybody, I think, phoned me about it. <laughs> so it was just crazy. And that was in, that because that was the last f- show before COVID, and like I suddenly had few calls uh, in COVID, and we actually signed the contract with Frank whilst in the f- them first three months of COVID. So he had to wait. He didn't, I don't think he boxed then until... He didn't box all through COVID until the arenas was open again.
1: Yeah, no, I, w- I went to his... Um, it was Telford in... I think he did what He might have done one,
2: actually, behind close. But he boxed... It he, same, boxed he boxed... He didn't box in, very well, yeah,
1: either. He boxed in Telford. Would have been June 2021, I think,
0: yeah. on the card there. Yeah.
1: Dubois was top of the bill, but... But Heaney was kind of top of the bill, really, because he brought all his Stokies with him. Not as many as normal, because it was limited to about 1,500. Well, they said it was, but I looked around that night and just thought, hmm, it seems like quite a lot of people for 1,500. But it was the first time I'd seen the Ring Walk live, and it is, it's is—it's amazing. It's amazing, because everyone knows the words. He's got this little choreographed routine, almost, he does. Like, when he's up on the platform, it's its something else. Um and that, and you saw that kind of grow, or you know, or organically, I guess.
2: Well, he, he did it from the very first. You know, and I think when he fought Tommy Stokes as well uh, at King's Hall in a close one, and just before then, I think in his fur as he stepped up, he started doing it regularly. You just don't think nothing of it, and it's just. But then when he when he fought his last one there, when he, he packed the place out, it was just. It's a, like the old place,
0: but it's but it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of old school promoting, isn't it? With you've got no television back in, and you're just grafting on the ground, yeah. building, keeping, getting, keeping the kid boxing in locally. Hopefully, local paper, hopefully the local radio or whatever come along and and just probably word of mouth a lot of it that yeah, coming, yeah. they've had a great night, it was good, and, and it just catches fire. Yeah,
2: definitely. It just, it just I don't. Never asked him how he does it, but he—I think the, he's got—he he's, knows what he's doing. Like he's—he's he's, he's very good with all of them. He like went after they've—he sets up the coaches from all. He sets it up from the—he's got this liaison with the, the football ground because we we keep going to Frank. Like we run about going to the football ground. He's—he's—he swears he'll do ten thousand plus there and like that and the football ground. Have, supporting him and they think they definitely could do them type of numbers uh, so we, we're just trying to push it push it that way really because um, he just got this connection with them and like when he, wherever they go, he gets on the coaches after the, the fight, thanks them all, goes around them all and it, it's just
1: and they're on the journey with him, aren't yeah, I suppose yeah, that's what
0: it is. You've got to get people on that journey with you, and he's done that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. no, I've, I've seen whatever it. At every level. Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen it in action, because that, that night in Telford, um, we all, the talk sport team I was working for, we all repaired to pretty much the only boozer near the, near the arena, and there were loads of his fans in there, and then he came in, and he was still in his shorts and boots and with his wraps on, and that just, like, if you're one of the, if you're one of the punters, you're going to think that's amazing, aren't you? That, like, he's, he hasn't even got changed, and he wants to come, and he wasn't drinking himself, but he wants to come and have a chat and sit down with you. That—that that is, you know, that's elite level kind of self-promotion, really. I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. He he, he he sort of got this good link in with 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 the fans, and he and he and he, and he knows what he's got to do to keep
0: it keep it progressing. And yeah, and what'll better. happen as well with a lot of those fans? They've they've, they've say he's boxing wherever, and they all go down on the coach or some drive down and stay in the hotel yeah. and they're all in the one hotel together and they go to the fight. they've got a ticket and they're all buzzing, they've met him, so they know him, so they're a bit more invested, it's not just someone that haven't made it, they do know him, they liked him, they're from where they're from, they know each other, they've met each other yeah. along the way and it's like, they've had a great night, you know, he wins, everyone's buzzing, yeah. they are in the hotel after drinking, Ah, oh, great, you know, they form friendships, people that are meeting that were fans you know, follow on the journey together, meet each other and they become friends and then they can't wait for the next one and, that, and, it, it, and that's how it grows, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And look, they probably don't, they'd rather go there
1: than watch Stoke at the moment. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> He'll kill me
1: for that. <laughs> well, we'll, um, we'll, I'll know him a little bit, so we'll, yeah, we'll recruit him for this one of these, one of these days. Um, like we're not going to keep you too much longer. These are quite difficult questions to answer, actually off the top of your head you know it's like asking somebody what their favorite film is but what would you say has been your kind of highest point um in in boxing up to this Uh, that's the question to this point
2: you don't like answering
1: do you because you've been through many of them so well it's great if you've been if if this is hard to answer that's great because it means that you know you've had you've had a lot of high points yeah because because
2: we most the time we come from uh the second side of the on most times are the, the bill. So, any win is a, a good gr- because all I want to do is win things. It's, that's that's what I want to do. I like pitting myself against
0: But I, bet the having, I bet and, having, and beating them. <laughs> I bet some of them kids you had from school, their first ever board bout, seeing them through an ABA to win a senior yeah, ABA, yeah, yeah. literally going from the burn, you know. The oh, same, yeah. You know, yeah you know, they're unbelievable, yeah, aren't they? Muttley from when he was 9,
2: 10. Yeah. Gething from when he was 10. You know. uh, when he was from nine, like they. It's good when you because not
0: everybody can say that. No, no. Not every
2: trainer can say that that they've had him from a, a kid and
0: very few. Right, yeah. but by, by Brendan Ingalls and that there aren't yeah. many others that have him from ten years old when they first walked in the gym and then still with them in the professional career. That there's not many nowadays no, no. that do and, that. And is al- that
2: and also, um, what doesn't happen? Even though I get all these champions, I still wouldn't get a top amateur walk in my gym and go, "Well, we want to train with you just doesn't, just doesn't happen. I have to bring them Can, that's why I've set the amateur club've said to the other trainers we've got to set the amateur club up to bring them back through our own way again and and produce again otherwise because there's so many amateur coaches now going with their with their kids pro there's that many trainers out there there's it's like flooding now so you they're all keeping their own boxes you're not going to get that influx of boxes coming to you and like we've got a gap again now once this level's gone we've got a gap and you've got to start again like i did from what like i had to regroup and start again and that's what the shows are for to bring them through and and get there because you're never just going to get past past kids because doesn't, for some reason, it doesn't
0: happen. <laughs> well, I suppose the black country isn't the most glamorous of uh, places but, to, no, to no. set up camp. <laughs> Is <in>. it? I'm not saying Birmingham's any better, but you know, we don't, it, you know, it, the wild card of Florida or something or New a, York it's a bit more appealing. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: we 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 don't miss a bit in training mm-hmm. either. So mm-hmm. I think when they come to us, <laughs> some of them go uh, and the sparring's quite. We, we don't spar loads but we spar hard when, when we've got to spar and ready for fights and so I don't know but it just just doesn't
1: happen that way so you just got to live with it and, and get on <laughs> and if you had we, we all have quite a few moments to think whatever we're doing where we think oh god fuck this but if you ever had one where you've thought to yourself you might mean it
2: what well, finish yeah no, you have the odd days. You can have an odd week, really. Uh, where, but it's more to do. It's not to to do with the the box. It's more to do with the shows side of it, where you can get get you down or being hard and you have having a bad one. Scene. If you're having a bad week on a show, everything seems to You'll lose. You'll lose a big title fight. Somebody will pull out a big title. It just it has sort of that effect. Boxing is. It's only. It, it's a crazy sport, really. No other sport would be run like it. I've gone on many a times at the, with the meetings at the board. They asked me to come and said I've got some ideas. said they'd put them to the board. I ain't saying they didn't. But like I just don't... It's not run like a professional sport. It's like, like football. They don't run it... I'm, I'm not. That's not against the board because they're do it there to do a job. But like I think if somebody got out of it, somebody and employed people as well to try and move the sport forward boxing like at the moment it really it's run by the promoters more the TV promoters really and the TV run it whereas football yes in a, in a way but it, it streams down a little bit to the other, other well, clubs well, there's a FIFA
0: isn't there there's no yeah. there's no centralised governing body is no, there no. or you've got the border control but you've also got New York State I think, yeah. How, yeah. Like, how, does, it, does I don't even know how many commissions there are worldwide. There's just like I wouldn't have a clue, but there's a lot. So there's no central governing body, is there? It's hard to govern, isn't it? Yeah,
2: and but like where you got the Premiership football, they have to link in a little bit with the lower leagues. So and the you know the even now to national, and so there's a little bit of money fed in. so they can try and keep them all or going where. They'd say, "Well, our fighters are getting," but that doesn't really help us. Yeah. Do, you, do you know what I mean? I think if if they if they brought somebody in or t- people in who could promote the sport better and talk to TV channels and sat and, and like do, I'd, I'd, you like, mean like, like reinvest my, the money? Well, I've I've always had a thing about like you've got area area champions like why don't they like I'm sure TV would be interested if say London box Birmingham or Midlands and their area champions boxed our area champions and then manoeuvre through they're getting, they could probably get paid a bit better because it's on TV and, and you'd see a bit of talent and then they could pick I just think there's things out there they could do with the sport and, and like you, which other sport would be you could be number one in Britain which I know because I've had number one in Britain, and they get injured, and they don't earn a penny for eighteen months because they couldn't box. It just it, it wouldn't happen in football if there was number one in Britain, and it's it's just crazy.
1: Yeah, I really like that idea about the about the area title fights. So I love an area title fight. I think they 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 deliver more consistently good fights than probably any other title I've I've ever seen because they just. It's the first step on the ladder for some people. For some people, it's, it's, it's something they've been trying to get their whole career because they want that officially recognised title. And in, in York Call, I've seen some amazing areas. Well, and, right. and you, and you what like do yeah, in the amateurs, well, Midlands, well, box well, the, the, Wales. And they had that little Henry
2: Coopers thing at one time, didn't they? They're on Ely Box done. And like, but that's where like, couldn't they? they could go in, they've got area boards, couldn't they get the areas to box? They could be in a league table and the box like they've gone into darts with the premise like different but like it's it's just a nut. and then perhaps the boxers then could be on a regular knowing they've got regular fights a regular but it's just it, nothing seems to get it's just the promoter's got his fighters and yes we get fighters on them so we, we we all earn off off that type but nothing else seems to get spoke about about how the sport could progress in different ways it just, at least
0: try something yeah, different
2: yeah it's it's up to the promoter, like prize fighter. It's good, and you could have one, but like obviously, then you get um, restricted amount of shows. So prize fighter dips out the way. That was great for some of us to to get through, like such as Martin Murray was on a small one one prize fighter and ended up. You know, there's, I think there's loads of stuff that could get just
0: just. We haven't got the people to do it. For one reason or another, if you if you were to show four ten rounders, <laughs> Southern Area champions against Midland Area champions, that'd be a good card, yeah, wouldn't yeah, it? it? Four you're gonna four evenly matched, competitive. No, that would be. That's yeah. a good but show. Yeah, isn't that, it? That, that is a good show. That is
2: a prob- good show. And you'd probably sit, like the boxers would probably sell, and you'd probably get to the public a little bit. Yeah. And if you get a bit of support from you know networks,
0: you, you, I think you you could. You could say well, especially try-
2: league tables and stuff like that.
0: they have they, always, you know, I suppose trying things like there was, the, you know, the, the idea of a golden contract where there was, you know, eight quarterfinals. So, yeah, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is
2: they're run by specific people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A, a specific promoter who's only going to still look after their own. In the end, their own people. They'll give you the odd. What I'm on about is somebody from a central running it for everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
2: everybody gets.
0: The chances, yeah like so you know so I mean? if you were getting, so you' doing four southern area champions against four midlands area champions, it doesn't matter who those people are with and then, we're and then, just doing it then, from the Midlands and, against the and, Lug- and then
2: you could it, it, it have a, it have a roll-on effect because the small halls then could probably have to do eliminators just for their area champions because they'd want to get onto that yeah yeah yeah.
1: You, things like that do you know what I mean and yeah yeah we, we were talking about this a bit actually the, the how there's just room for another kind of tier of stuff yeah. below the the big, the bigger pro TV cards where you do have to make space for a prospect who's going to be in a fight that everybody knows they're going to win and, and we all understand the point of that and and they're good to watch because they're good but at the same time
0: well, we, years we, we, years ago, whenever
1: we've done area title fights and I remember doing um, we did an absolute belter Adam Harper, Ryan Kelly on that cracking yeah. night in Birmingham in 2016 and that didn't make it onto the main TV because it was an area title fight, and there were other fights they needed to show, and we understood it. But at the same time, we knew we knew that was going to be a really good fight. There was just no way it was going to be it was going to be anything else. So, we know, years ago, there was, you know, if you're looking at
0: America, there was there was HBO, and on HBO you had HBO Pay Per View, then you had HBO World Championship Boxing, you had HBO After Dark. So, there's already three tiered shows, and there's a bit different budget for each one of those. Then, so say you signed with Top Rank back then in your contract it'd be if you're on HBO pay-per-view the minimum will be this if it's you know after dark it'll be this but if you're on Fox Sport it'll be this because obviously yeah. they got, there's a different budget depending on the, yeah, the yeah. television network you're on so but that's good because it means that like everyone wants a fair deal everyone wants to think like well you know if there's a pie there and you know there's £100 in here and I'm the box one getting punched in the head I want you know I should yeah, be yeah. the lion's share or whatever but if it's do you know what I mean? But if, if, if it's not in the pod, well then that's fair enough. I, I, I want a box. I'm happy to box for less than that if it's on a different television network that I understand isn't the, the same budget. But it's, you need that because not every, if it's, you know, the, let's say Sky, for example, they're paying, whatever they're paying for a show. But there's not an unlimited budget. No. So they've got a limited font, so they can only do so many of those shows a year. Yeah. But then there's so many fighters that want to get out of Bucks. But they'll sign with the television promoter because they want to be with the television promoter because they think that's going to be bucks the best thing for the a But year. a Bucks in once or twice a year. A four three. Because they can't afford to put them on. Yeah. So they'd be better off signing with the promoter saying, oh, if I Bucks on Sky, I get this, this and this. But if I don't and I have to, and I can't get on, well then I'll, you're going to guarantee me four other fights on a on or a small hall yeah. or, or maybe, the, you know, a small hall. But, but then you've got to,
2: then you've got to, the boxers, you've got to yeah. cope with that as well though. Do and, you know what I mean? And what,
0: I've, and I've done it with a couple of mine and they get, know,
2: I, we only want to box on the telly ones. And, yeah.
0: and then what, and what and I suppose, yeah, that, that's one thing. And also I suppose they're thinking, well, I, I, there's a show coming up in, I don't know, a couple of months and it's, I'll, I'll, I've got a good chance of getting on that. And if I get on that, I'm getting X amount. So I don't want to, re- even though i am getting. I, I can I can stay busy and fighting a small hall show for for nowhere near that money in a fight I should win. But what whatever clash heads and get caught, then I'm yeah, out of the yeah. one where I make money. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's yes, yeah. there's
1: not there's not a very, there's not a clear solution. No, no, there isn't. There very rarely is in boxing. I mean, I think that's that's one thing we that we, we we all know. But the, the the upside to that is that anything kind of seems possible because there's no reason why you couldn't do it, but then getting into a position whereby everybody gets their heads together and agrees that's, common sense-wise. Prob- that's, that's the problem. That's the getting problem. Getting
2: people... To, we're, all, we're all so busy doing our different things in our own different areas. Nobody... We just all whinge about things <laughs> to a certain <laughs> degree. Do you know what I mean? And so... But, like, there's definitely... I think there's... Definitely some somebody could get out there and... and and do a good job with it as well but like for this for the sport not just for that's what it's got to be about really for me
1: yeah yeah absolutely okay well we'll we'll let you go we've kept you for an hour just one final thing any good stories about macklin (laughs) on on the west midlands grapevine that we may not have heard on this podcast i don't think so no
2: i think are you fucking liar (laughs)
1: Anyway, Errol, thanks very much. Like I said, we've been meaning to do this for a while. It was always um, been sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been really good fun, this. Really good fun. Um, best of luck to yourself and Tyler tomorrow night. May the best man win and all that. And we'll see you again soon, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, cheers. Thanks.
1: And um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will be back soon. Like I said, we'll do our best to bring these to you every uh, week. But, but certainly, Macklin's Take isn't, isn't going anywhere. We're going we're gonna to keep it up and running throughout the course of the year.